are continuing on this morning on the theme, let me get my microphone situated here, on the theme of the Holy Spirit. Are you glad? <laughs> yes, third person of the Trinity. Yes. I mean, I, I say the wonderful Holy Spirit. Amen. Who, who dwells on the inside of every single believer, every born-again believer. The Bible says that he's our comforter, mm -hmm. he's our helper, he's our teacher, he's our guide. And our lives are meant to be lived in dependency upon him. So we need to always remind ourselves of the greater one who lives on the inside of us. Yeah. You're never alone. Come on. God, the Holy Spirit, God, by way of his spirit, mm. lives on the inside of every born-again believer. And we should always look to him for the things that he's there for, to help us, to comfort us, to teach us, for instruction and guidance. And um, so we're sharing with you today about something about the personality of the Holy Spirit, really the reign of the Holy Spirit. Mm. There's some, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is often signified through different symbols in the natural, and reign is one of those symbols. Uh, and it, his effect on us and in us can be likened to rain watering the earth. Okay, rain watering the earth. And so at Wednesday evening prayer uh, this week, you know, it starts at 7, and it just seemed like it was one of those evenings where, I don't know, maybe it was just P.S. and I, but we came in just feeling kind of worn out, draggy. Any of you ever feel like that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, here we are, we're here to pray. <laughs> and... Um, you know, at times like that, it's easy. Like, if you, especially if you're at home, you could just be like, ah, oh, I don't know if I feel, feel like going, Ooh. feel like doing this. Ooh. Anybody want to admit that they've done that too, right? Yeah. But see, it's this, it's this reminding ourselves. We have to just train ourselves to go, okay, wait a minute. I do have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He's never dragging. Come on. <laughs> you know, he's full of <laughs> life. And yes. so when I begin to yield to him, I can believe that I'm going to draw on his life. And so that's really what Pastor Steve started to do that evening. He began by just inviting the presence of God into the room. Father, you know, help us. Holy Jesus, you know, we, we, we love you. Holy Spirit, you know, help us to pray. Do you know you should ask and you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you to pray? Yes. You know, because the, in Romans 8, it tells us that, that the Holy Spirit will come and help us to pray in our weakness. I mean, sometimes it is like a physical weakness. You just feel like, I just don't feel like it. But other times it's like, I don't even know how I should pray or what I should right. pray. And so the Holy Spirit is there to help us on the inside to pray. And so we started to just pray in the, our understanding. And then we just started, Pastor Steve said, let's just pray in the Spirit for a little while. And this is, again, the beauty of praying in the Spirit or an unknown tongue. We've been talking about that the last several weeks. Uh, because the Spirit intercedes, it says, through those prayers. Yes. Okay. And so, and although you may not understand it with your mind, the Holy Spirit is taking what we're saying and praying, helping us to pray. And we're praying in perfect harmony with the Lord's right. will. That's awesome. You know, so, so when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying in harmony with God's will. This is why we say it's a perfect prayer. And it, Romans 8.27 says that God causes all things. We know that he's causing all things to work together for good for those who are called according mm -hmm. to his purpose. So we knew we were just praying. We weren't even sure we're just praying in the Spirit where this is going. This is, some, this is some of the beauty of just learning to flow with the Holy Spirit. And as we continued to pray a while, we found ourselves praying for the need for rain, 
the rain of the Holy Spirit, um, not, yeah, not just natural rain. We sometimes have enough rain outside, right? But it was the rain of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And rain in the natural, when you think about it, has a couple of dual effects. I mean, when, when things have been dry, hot, dusty, like think about it in the summer when you haven't had rain for a while, <laughs> it brings refreshment, doesn't it? I mean, after a big downpour, doesn't the earth, like sometimes yes. you walk outside and you go, oh, it smells so nice out yeah. here. The earth comes alive and the, it seems like even the atmosphere is just clear. You can see clear. Mm -hmm. And then even after a heavy rain, a soil, the soil of the earth hard, that gets hard from the sun and just the heat gets softened. And, and rain will soften it. I mean, if you have a garden, it makes it easier like the next day to start digging, <laughs> doesn't it? It's like the, the ground is easier to dig up. And so it's just conducive for things to sprout and grow after a rain. I mean, haven't you noticed that in the summer you get a big downpour of rain and then your grass, which looks sort of parched at some point, is like, oh, it springs to life. It's growing. And I think if you haven't noticed that, you can ask John Martinez. He can tell you about grass <laughs> springing to life <laughs> just this summer. He's like, this. Doesn't that yard look awesome yard out awesome? there? He just oh mowed it again God. yesterday, and, and Dan helping him with all the cleanup. Give those guys a hand. Yes. I mean, they really they do deserve a hand for that. I mean, they keep the, the grounds just looking beautiful. And so there's this direct correlation between what we see rain doing in the natural to what rain, the rain of the Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. meant to do on the inside of us. Okay, so the rain of God's Spirit on our heart refreshes us. It, it refreshes the spiritual atmosphere Correct. on the inside of us and even around us as a church. And uh, look at this. This is not on your outline, but we, I just had to add this. Isaiah 45, 8 says this. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Mm. Let the clouds shower it down. Yes. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. It's a beautiful picture Hallelujah. of what the Lord wants to do. So the Holy Spirit's reign softens the soil of our heart. It helps us to see God and his beauty and his yes. righteousness, his, his holiness, just like the song that we were singing. And then we see ourselves better. You know, the atmosphere clears sometimes, <laughs> and we see our need for him. Sometimes we just see how dry and hard our own hearts have become, our need for righteousness. And then that same Holy Spirit rain starts to help us pull out the weeds. Come on. You know, our heart gets softened. It's like, God, this has got to go in my life. Like, I need, I want you more. I yes. want this out, and I want, I want you to take over. And so all of this, the rain of the Holy Spirit is meant to bring times of refreshing to us. How many of you could use refreshing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those and who so did raise your hand, you should. Yeah. <laughs> we know you're kidding. We know that, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the world presses in on all of us, doesn't it? I mean, it can wear you out sometimes. And so as we, we prayed on Wednesday night, we were praying that, that this, the remembering, like, we have a well of salvation on the inside of us. When you're born of God's spirit, mm -hmm. it's likened to a well that bubbles up onto eternal life, like a spring of water that never runs dry. And with joy, it says yes. we can draw water from the well of that salvation when you start to think about it. And by faith, we do it. Yeah, by, simply by focusing in on some of these things, you begin to draw water from that well. It, you know, there's a song out now that with the lyrics, do you feel the world is broken? We do. Have you heard that song? Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. 
do you wish that we could see it all made new? We do. Yeah, do man. we not? Yes. So all, as the world just, the stuff of the world presses in around us, we're all just dealing with stuff. As the people of God, we need to know where to find refreshing, where to look for refreshing. Come on. Because it's going to come from pre- times of the, in the presence of God, just like we had this morning, yes. in times of worship and in times whenever we're all in unity on saying, God, we need your spirit to come and reign on us in a deeper way. You know, when so, we left that prayer meeting, it, nobody was draggy. the spirit of god came and refreshed us that's for sure and our heavenly father knows that we need times of refreshing in our lives you know it's without times of refreshing it becomes a grind doesn't it 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 really does it's when the gears of a machine begin to grind it's because of lack of of oil or or water to cool it down and lubricate it and when that happens things break down and things go wrong and it's the same with us it, yeah. it yes it is it, it's and, and how many how many feel like the gears of their life seem to get into a grind here and there whether it's your relationship with your spouse or your kids are driving you crazy or you know people situations you know things that are ongoing at work that just grade on us and cause us tension it's easy to get in a grind because life is very routine, isn't it? We do the same thing week in, week out. And if we're not careful, uh, we're going to be tempted to go to or even continue to go to the wrong places to look for this refreshment that we so desperately need. Too much alcohol, too much TV, too much Netflix, you know, too much food, too much isolation, too much work, too much daydreaming. <laughs> but we've got to remember this. We have to remember that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Yeah. New creations in Christ Jesus. Your spirit is, is born again. It's made alive to Christ. And ultimately, we go to the source of life, Jesus Christ, for this. It's, listen to what it says in Galatians. It's not on your outline, but I'll tell you what. It would be a good thing to write this down and just meditate on these next two scriptures that I'm going to read. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The church needs to know how to walk in the Spirit. We can't stay in the natural and think everything is okay. Now write this one down too. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. Listen carefully. It says, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is what? Hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot satisfy an inward spiritual thirst with natural things. It's never going to work. We all should know that by now. We know it. The gears of our heart, you know, <laughs> we need lubrication. We need a refreshment. Yeah. And don't you know that the Christian life is not a sprint? Yeah. It's a marathon. 
Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I've never run a marathon. I'm never going to run a marathon. <laughs> but it, it's just like even uh, the Tour de France, you know how that they're, they're going through and there's always re somebody's got water for them. Somebody's got a refreshment for them, you know, because if they didn't take that refreshment, what's going to happen is they're going to become dehydrated. And, you know, sometimes you'll see on those that are wobbling across the finish line and, you know, you might not even finish. And it's yeah. the same thing with us. Our Heavenly Father knows. He knows we need refreshment. He knows that this journey on this earth is full of trouble. But he knows that he, how to get this to us if we just start to walk in the Spirit. He's provided it for us. He's provided the help. He's provided the power through the Holy Spirit who lives in every single born-again believer. Yeah. We just need to tap into it. Yeah. Receive for what he has for us. And it's through the Spirit. It's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. Right. You know, and we, we can learn by about some of this by just looking at examples in the Old Testament at the mm. children of Israel. I mean, Scripture tells us that we should look at their yes. lives and learn by their example sometimes of what to do and what not to do. <laughs> but often what we see happen to them in the natural is a direct reflection of a spiritual truth for us in our salvation. Come on. Okay, living under the new covenant. So they were under the old covenant. And uh, we can learn some things for, because there were types and shadows of things that happened to them we can apply for ourselves under the new covenant in spiritual terms. Amen. And so, like, you know, they fought against physical enemies. They warred against people that hated God and were against God. But we, our fight is not with flesh and blood. Come it's on. With principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness that come against us. Or, you know, I think when Moses struck the rock in the desert in the wilderness and whenever the people were thirsty— and provided water for the people. Mm -hmm. Water flowed out for them to, to drink and be refreshed. That was a type and shadow of something real and greater to come, come on. for us under the new covenant. I mean, when Jesus Christ, he was struck, pierced on the cross, and even said out of his side, water flowed out. But the Holy Spirit poured out, Amen. you know, for the people, for the salvation of mankind. And so you could see from it, God shows us things of what they did in the natural that apply to us in the spirit and so water in the old testament you know symbolized something greater about the spirit of god yes. that we would experience now under the new covenant and i so we just want you to think about this like how the children of israel were in slavery to pharaoh in egypt okay and so we know that egypt was a hot desert climate <laughs> all right and so these are types and shadows egypt is a type of our bondage to sin right in uh, the devil and so water was scarce in that culture, whenever they were slaves under Pharaoh, it was scarce and it was a luxury. And so the Nile River was the biggest source of water. And most people yeah. of the population lived near its banks for obvious reasons. And so the Israelites had to dig these irrigation ditches and propel the water you know, with their feet, use their feet in order to pump the water. And then they had to carry the water to wherever they needed it yeah. to grow anything. I mean, if they didn't have the Nile River, they'd be in trouble. And so they looked to the Nile River as kind of their source of life, but they had to toil really hard to get the water. You know, they had to pedal it with their feet or dig the ditches and then do the, the propelling with yep. their feet and then carrying the water. Uh, so yep. Go ahead. There's all sorts of, when you read the Old Testament, don't discount it. The Old Testament is the Word of God. 
And there's lots of types and shadows of what is real for us that was actually prophesied through things. Pastor Mamie yeah. just made a mention of it, Egypt. It, it's, it's, and, and Pharaoh is like the kingdom of darkness. And Pharaoh is like the devil that holds everybody in bondage. And the Nile River represents the world's source of life and refreshing. The ancient Egyptians worshipped this false god called Happy. H-A-P-I. I'm sorry. Not happy, yeah, not happy at all because it's just totally confusing. <laughs> but what it was was a combination of the the god of fertility and the female god of the water, and this god had uh, was fully male, fully female, and it it had all the male parts, had all the female parts, and. Uh, they merged together, okay? They worshiped this God. And you'll be surprised that this spirit, this demonic spirit, isn't just made up. Just like the Greek mythology, that's not just made up. These are all true demonic influences. This happy is still honored and worshiped by transgenders and transvestites so don't think that this is something new that's just happened it's a perversion of what God has called and brought together people looking for the Nile River for their refreshment and their source of life is something that we have to judge ourselves on amen we can understand why God it was an abomination because he's the giver of life. I mean, the, the astrological figure, yeah, if, we, if we just studied some of this out this week looking at this, Aquarius, how many of you heard of the zodiac sign Aquarius? I don't think anybody in here has not. It, that, that figure, that astrological figure, Aquarius, mm -hmm. also came from this ancient pagan god this deity that he's mentioning here. I mean, Aquarius means water bearer, okay? And, I mean, just, I guess, by the way, like horoscope readings. Yes. Aquarius is one of the 12 signs of the horoscope. It, but the horoscope reading isn't some innocent activity. I know it's in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Most newspapers, it's in the Butler Eagle. Uh, but, you, but this is not innocent activity. No, it is not. You know, when you s choose to look at your horoscope to just get some kind of in gain insight about your life, well, I'm just going to take a glimpse at it. These things are not, I say it again, innocent activity. Because when you trace much of this back, they do go back to mm -hmm. ancient pagan gods that still have influence in the earth. And so Christians, just FYI, really have no business reading a horoscope or tarot cards, or whatever else might be out there, there's something similar to gain insight about your life. You know, this is a really a legal book, okay? I want you to understand that. This is a legal book, and when you open the door for a demonic activity, then you have legally opened the door for a demonic activity. Yeah. Uh, you need to close all the doors that you can. Ask the Holy yeah. Spirit. He'll teach you and show you. 
But back to Egypt, God heard the cries of the children of Israel, and he was truly aware of their suffering. And by his mercy and miraculous power, he delivers them out of the Egyptian bondage. And then he tells them this. He tells them this. He says, I'm taking you to a land which drinks water of the rain of the heavens. And the eyes of the Lord are always upon it. <laughs> See, this was a natural land that God was talking about, but it was also a, a type and shadow for us in Christ himself. And so, you know, there's, there's really, there's a, there's a place within our hearts uh, that we're meant to rain, drink the rain from heaven. It's a spiritual reality. We're, Christianity is so spiritual, it's supernatural. And if we just stay in the natural, well, we read in the book of Romans that it's an enmity of God. We cannot please God if we just continually walk in the flesh yeah. and think naturally. That's why Jesus says, my words are spirit and they're life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, God kept telling the children of Israel that you're going to go in and possess this land. This land belongs to you. But he did tell them you're going to have to go in and possess it. Yes. Okay, so possess means I have to go, I have to do something. I'm not going to just walk in there because he said there's enemies in the land. Mm -hmm. So they're going to think that this place is theirs. You're going to have to go in and take it. <laughs> you're going to have to go in and know that it belongs to you. And so when you read this we're going to read this from Deuteronomy 11. I want you to just consider what the Lord is showing you and I about our salvation in Christ, what we have as the blessing in Christ. Come on. Because he's going to say, you're going to go in and possess a, a physical land, mm -hmm. but we're going to go in and possess something spiritual Amen. when we read this. So this is what he says. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a mm. vegetable garden. In other words, you had to work hard to, to, to deserve this even. Verse 11, but the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then mm. I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. Beautiful promises. Beautiful promises. So like Pastor Steve said, there's a place in our hearts that's meant to drink water of the rain of heaven. Yes. To possess that land. But this is a spiritual possessing. This is something that we're drinking of on the inside, inside of our heart. You know, to the know that the eyes of the Lord are always upon you. Come on. To do you good. He wants to give you the rain for your land. And it's Hallelujah. Season. He wants his bride. He wants his church to have the, the early and the latter rain. So we can reap a harvest of blessing. Come on. In our own lives. And it's going to help us reap the last day harvest that's yeah. out in the earth of people's salvation. So under the new covenant, this is on your outline, there's a spiritual rain. There is a spiritual rain from heaven that's meant to refresh God's people. Come on. And produce a latter rain crop of fruit, which that fruit is the, pre God says it's the precious fruit of the earth. It's people. Yes, amen. He considers people the precious fruit of the earth. 
you know, it began on the day of Pentecost. We've been looking at that. That's over 2,000 years ago. God began to pour out His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we remember what it said there on my maid servants and men servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And there were signs, there were wonders. The glory of God came pouring into the earth there. And the church was born by the outpouring of God's spirit. In Acts chapter 2, it says that was the beginning of the last days. That's when the early rain fell. Okay, the early rain. Now we're in the last of the last days, and what we need to do is to cry out. I mean, we the, the time of being kind of half in and half out in the church is over. Yeah. You're not going to make it. You're going to be deceived. This is where you give your whole life to God. This is where you need to start to cry out for His Spirit. You need to cry out for the latter rain. You, need to, you want miracles in your life? You want to break free from things that hold you? You need to cry out to God. It's no more just like, okay, God, yeah, bless me, and I thank you, amen. What's on TV? <laughs> Those days are gone. You're not making it. Do you understand? You are in a spiritual war that is, you have an enemy who is ruthless. Yeah. He will kill your kids. He will kill you. He will deceive you. If you don't and I don't start to cry out for the latter rain, you know, we need the Spirit of God to fall on us in greater ways. Amen. Anybody in here satisfied? No. Yeah. I'm not. That's right. That's right. I'm not. I have that holy dissatisfaction. I want more. Yeah. Listen. God has it. He's right. He has more. When you get your socks blessed off, you, you know what you ought to do? In honor of God, you ought to say, Lord, give me more. Yes. Hallelujah. It's like when we come in here and we're worshiping today. The presence of God was so strong in here. All you have to do is ask Him for more. Reveal this to me, Lord. Show me who you are. you got to understand, this is actually... He, this is a person. This is Jesus Christ himself. You just read this and you just think, oh, I'm just reading the word. No, this is Jesus Christ. You get to know him. He says, if you know him and the Father, then you partake of eternal life. Anybody satisfied with the amount of eternal life they're living in now? I'm not. And so that's why he says, here's the answer. Learn of him. Find out who he is. See, this is the end of the time, and I'll tell you, deception is strong. The, the world system is, folks, the tipping point is past. We're never going back. Yeah. yeah, and that's why you and I cannot play church anymore. You have to say, I'm in all the way, and yeah. it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Yeah. And you and I have to cry out for the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. We need the rain from heaven. We need the Holy Spirit to rain down on us. So that we can be active in what God has asked us to do. He's asked us to go into all the world and make disciples. That means the people you know. And you're responsible for it. Look what it says here. Pastor Mamie touched on this in James chapter 5 verse 7. You know, we need the rain. We need the rain. Just like he, she said, just get a parched ground, get that summer rain. And the next thing you know, that grass is growing, the earth is soft. And this is what God is waiting for. He says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the 
early and Ladder. come on, help me out. Ladder, Ladder rain. rain. God is like this farmer. This is exactly what it's meaning. God is like the farmer. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the world, this earth, and it's it's not things, it's people. It's people. But he's waiting earnestly for the early and latter rain. We think this is just going to happen? Listen, God doesn't do anything on this earth unless people pray. And I invite you to prayer. Tuesdays at 10.30 in the morning. And then Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We want to try to make that last till 8.30. Prayer has been so good. (laughs) Listen what this is on your outline. The ground of our heart is hardened when we go after the things in this world that will never satisfy our inner spiritual thirst. And you know it as well as I do, you can name things that you just seem to tend to go to you still feel, you start feeling a little depressed and you go back to the same thing that you, you always do. You know, now it's time to cut that stuff off. You got to make a decision and start walking with God. Because look what he says. God warned the children of Israel. He said, you and I have the opportunity to open or close the windows of heaven over yourself. And this actually, what we're going to read here is directly the next verses right after what we just read about the blessing. Yeah. And then he says this. He says this, yeah. Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain. And the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. Right. There's a warning. Yeah, there's spiritual application. So he's telling, told them to take heed. We could pretty much directly come on correlate that to the same thing our ears need to hear. You know, in the Old Testament, God's warning them: don't go after other gods, mm. don't serve them. Don't be distracted by them. Don't worship them or you're going, my, the heaven's going to shut up. Over. Yep, come on. The rains aren't going to come down. So how does that happen to us in 2019? Who's, you know, somebody say, well, I'm not serving other gods. I'm a Christian, <laughs> right? Come on. But, you know, when we resist him in our heart, like the, the fully surrender to him in our heart, in a number of ways, we set up our own little idols for ourselves. That's it. You know, like Amanda was talking about even about money. You know, people, it's like with money. Jesus talked a lot about serving either him or the God of mammon. Brought it right up. And he's, you know, so I can, I can't, people think, well, I just can't give a tithe because I need that money for myself, right? A little resistance there. I can't serve and give my time, you know, Mm -hmm. because it infringes on my life. (laughs) Or I can't sacrifice and help others because I got my own troubles I got to think about and deal with. I can't read and spend time in the word of God because my life's just too busy. Or I'm not going to forgive them because you don't know how much they hurt me. I mean, we, 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 we want to follow God, and we do to a certain extent, but we're not, many people are not fully given over 
loving the Lord God with all of our heart, mm-hmm. soul, mind, and strength. First commandment. The first commandment, yeah. We still want to do it my way. It's like what Amanda was saying. I like this over here. I'll do this much, but I won't do this much over here. And people in the church hold on to their God, little gods of money. Yes. And gods of pleasure and gods of convenience and there you gods go. of pride. And in mm-hmm. reality, these really just aren't metaphors. They're just not ways to describe something. Come on. They're real spiritual forces. Yes. Because that's why it's hard to get say no to them. You're, tr- you're actually trapped in them. There's, there are demonic forces that are working all the time to get people distracted yep. from a full surrender to God. I mean, that's the thing that Satan would hate the worst to see. A fully surrendered person dependent on the Spirit of God. So he does everything he can to distract, to annoy, to get you upset, (laughs) to make excuses that seem logical and okay. But in the end, they become idols like that subconsciously. You're bowing down to them. That's right. I know it sounds strong, but it's really the truth. It's really the truth. And all of it is meant to draw people away. From, from worshiping and fully surrendering and independence on the living God. That ought to get you mad. It should get you mad. I remember when the Lord showed me this directly about money in our life. This fear of, fear of giving, fear of tithing, fear of what if I don't have enough, fear of, you know, with, with money. I think it's the same thing that plagues probably 100% of us when it all comes down to it. And the Lord began to show me that. He, that when I read that scripture about the God of Mammon, you're either going to, you cannot serve God and Mammon. You got to choose one or the other. Right. It's like, so every time you just get so afraid that when you release your money to me and my kingdom, it's like you're bowing down to this ugly big God of Mammon going, yours is so great. Mm-hmm. And God's standing over here saying, why don't you bow down to me? Why don't you worship me and trust me to be your provider. And I got mad. I thought, oh, that is the most, that's the most horrible picture I could see of myself bowing down. It's like, I'll never bow down to you. I'm giving an extra 30. That's right. It was, it was like, (laughs) I'll give double then just to (laughs) shut you up. And it works. I'm telling you, it breaks the chain. There's something in the spirit realm that holds all of us back like that. So it works that way for serving. It works that way for sacrificing your time. We could make all these excuses of, well, I don't have time, but it's really coming from a demonic influence that's saying, don't go that way. Don't do it. Don't serve him. And, you know, when Peter got up on the day of Pentecost and he preached that powerful and strong sermon uh, to the Jews, and they convicted their hearts, the people of their sin, and they all, they began to say, like, what shall we do? And he said, repent, look what he said, Acts 3.19, repent that your sins may be forgiven and there times of refreshing may come times from the what? presence. Refreshing yeah. comes from repenting of your sin. Come I mean, on. this is not often the route that we see it coming either. But there is this spiritual order to bring about refreshing in our lives. Because I'm telling you, when the Lord showed me that about the God of Mammon, there was, it was like, now you can give and you can be a joyful giver. Amen. It's like, I'm given to the Lord. I know he'll provide for Come me. On. There was a refreshment in my mind. It was like I wasn't always bogged down with yes, this hallelujah. money thing. And so that you, when you repent, the spiritual order is repent 
I was like, God, forgive me, yep. you know, for being more fearful of this God of mammon than you. My sins are forgiven. Then times of refreshing come there from you his go. presence. <laughs> yeah. So it's more than just feeling bad. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that I bowed down to this God of mammon and then just still hold on to my money. I feel better because I felt a little remorse. No, you have to oh, do something. Come on. When you repent, come on. You, something changes. You, there's an outward behavior that changes about your life, and that's really what proves your repentance. Come on, that is and exactly right. So if, if right. we're going to repent, we need to see sometimes what holds us back. This can be the greatest blessing in our lives when the Lord begins to show you what's holding you back. And it's not condemnation, it's conviction. Yeah. It's a huge difference. He's saying, let's take care of this so that the times of refreshing can come. You know, it's easy to fill our lives with things that satisfy us. You know, oh, if I had this piece of jewelry, I'd be happy. And if I had a new car, you know, I'd be happy. If I bought a new exotic pet, I'd be happy. <laughs> well, they're out there now, aren't they? The prices for them just keep going higher and higher, yeah. If I had more money, if I had, if I got high, you know, if I had a boyfriend or if I had a girlfriend, if I, I had recognitions and rewards, you know, if I had more education, you know, if I could go on an elk trip every year. <laughs> now we're talking you know, Alaska cruises. Yeah. If I had a new house, if I just got married, if I just got divorced. <laughs> happy you know it's like this when I get there I'll be happy when I can buy it I'll be happy but have you ever noticed when there and it comes how elusive they are oh my gosh when we finally get there or we finally get it something else in your life comes up yeah right <laughs> Then I want something else. Yeah, right. <laughs> you thought money would make you happy, you know? Then we complain about it. Oh, no. Then we complain, oh, the baby cries too much. Now, you know, oh, that exotic pet's chewing the furniture and just bit the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> this house I wanted is too hard to clean. I've got all this time, you yeah. know? <laughs> we search for joy and satisfaction. It goes on and on and on and on on and on oh but you know what you can still have it all and still be in a grind yeah so we could come to church every sunday there yeah yeah and still be unplugged from the fountain of living water i mean this james study that we've been doing on friday nights has just been powerful we just read through one of the scriptures james 4 4 where yep he said it's because we commit spiritual adultery we're chasing after other lovers in the world instead of this wholeheartedness to God. And, you know, it's, like, it's some strong stuff when you read the Word of God. Yes. It's like being the world's friend is being God's enemy. Right. There you go. I'm like, who wants to be God's enemy? I don't know about you, but that can strike some fear into your <laughs> yeah. heart. Like, it won't work out, you know? I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, if we aren't careful, we could just waste a yep. lot of oh our lives gosh. searching, digging our own wells, you know, looking for water and cisterns it says that hold no water this is the prophet jeremiah warned the people of israel about this he said for my people have done two things they've yes. abandoned me wow. the fountain of living water and they've dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all mm. think about it 
I mean, God intends for us to drink from the rains of heaven. Hallelujah. To be refreshed from him. Come on. Living water coming from him. I mean, it's the inner life that God is concerned about in our lives. What's going on? Where do you look for satisfaction in your heart? First Corinthians 3 tells us that we're God's garden under cultivation, that he's a gardener in the soil of our heart. You know, is the garden that he's cultivating and he's concerned with the soil. Come on. This is why when we talk about yeah. it, if it's dry and hard, the seed of his word just can kind of bounce right off of it. You can hear something and it doesn't even affect you. Yeah. When it's meant to go down deep into the soft soil of our heart and start to produce this harvest of righteousness. Hmm. And so the reign of God's spirit is meant to refresh us. Yeah, but right? we've got to let it soak down into the roots of our heart. Yeah. In Colossians chapter 2. Let the roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. God wants us to get our eyes off what the world would tell you that it will satisfy you. Because the it we're looking for is found in him only yeah deep within all of us we we have and crave love acceptance contentment satisfaction joy but you know that's the reason people party that's the reason people get drunk they look for some temporary peace or some temporary escape you know we're looking for love and acceptance and and we look for likes on fake book We use food. Come on. We use food. We get in debt because we've got to have it. We just keep searching for it. You know? And here's the question. Where do you get your satisfaction? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're looking to the natural things, oh, we read some amazing scriptures here. If you're looking for the natural, what do you find? You end up being an enemy of God. And when you look at those natural things and you think this is how you're going to get your acceptance, this is how you're going to get your satisfaction, this is going to the it that you're looking for, it, it, it says you're actually an enemy of God. That's strong words, but this is what the Bible says. Yeah, and it's, be, it's enemy because the other side of this is it's because he loves us so much. Yeah. He looks at it, it's like a marriage. It's like this whole song we sang is a yeah. bride. So he's looking at us saying, I've, he, he betrothed himself like he, to us. I loved you so much. I forgave wow. you of your sin. You know, you are my beloved. And so for us to just go, well, that's nice. But I'm looking over here <laughs> for my satisfaction. He's like going, think of what that does to the heart of God. Yeah. And I think when we begin to see it from a love viewpoint, yes. too, that Come on. the whole motivation for saying what he's saying is because of the depth of his love for us. It changes our response. It's not a have to. Right. I don't have to do these things. When you begin to yield because you know I am the, he's my beloved. Mm. I am my beloved and he is mine. It's oh. like this 
this love relationship, we want to obey. We want to give our life. We want to give for the kingdom. You know, we don't care because we realize I'm in good hands. You know, he's my shepherd, and he will guide me and lead me and provide for me. Amen. And so when that helps us, I think, to respond in a way that we, we want to give our life to him. And so we, we're going to close soon with this scripture, yeah. Isaiah 41, 17 and 18, that, you know, God designed us this way. When we're born of his spirit. Think about it. We're born of his spirit. That says it right there. Come on. So I'm meant to connect with living water. It's just, this is my na by natural design. So as long as we just keep looking for other ways to get it, we're just going to frustrate ourselves, frustrate our relationship with the Lord. I mean, so God put back what sin stole from us. He gave us back life. I mean, sin stole from us what the Holy Spirit, you know, brings back to us this oneness and communion with God. This is why on Sunday morning, I think, when we have, a, we have the presence of God here, we should be people that can't wait to get here. Yes. He's like, I get to go worship. I get to be in the presence of God with other mm. believers. I get to put my mind on him. It's Hallelujah. much easier, isn't it, when you get into a group of people to stand and worship God? I mean, because the more you do it here, the easier it is at home. Come on. Then. That's so true. You can transfer that to your kids and to the atmosphere in your home. When you get around other believers, it's like you just sometimes get caught up in the atmosphere where the Spirit of God is. But we have to desire it. This is why when we come to worship, we need to come with the unity of mind and heart, that we're here to worship God. Look at Isaiah 41, 17 says this, when my people in their need look for water, when their throats are dry with thirst, mm. then I, the Lord, will answer their prayer. So this is part of it. It's like, I'm thirsty. Do you realize you're thirsty? <laughs> Do you realize your heart has been hardened? All of our hearts have been Come hardened. On. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will make rivers ah. flow among barren hills and springs of water run in the valleys. Sweet. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the dry land into mm. flowing springs. That's what he's going to do inside of you. Come on. That's what he's going to do among us as we believe him for it. I mean, the water of the Holy Spirit can satisfy every inner need that you have. Come on. Because every life can truly carve out empty places in our heart. You can have bad childhood experiences that just, they just uh, travel with you as you grow up. Yeah. Abuse, neglect, shame. Adult experiences with unforgiveness with people, just separation, divorce, death. Things happen, and they just tend to carve out these empty places in our heart. We want to look to Jesus. Amen. We want to look to Jesus to fill the living water up inside of us. Mm. Because have you ever noticed how when water, when in a heavy rain, that water has a way of getting into every nook and cranny? <laughs> like how easy it is to seep so you look sometimes in the foundation of your house the tiniest cracks in your house foundation it's like how did water get yep. in here <laughs> it just can get into the tiniest places so the most hidden broken places in your heart the holy spirit's water can go in and refresh yes touch every broken heart soften every 
hard place, but yeah, you do have to ask him. Yes. You, he, this will not happen if you just sit in your seat and go, that's really great preaching, Pastor Mamie. <laughs> and you're just nothing. You need to respond to the Holy Spirit. Come on. So we've created a way here at the end of this service. We're going to sing a song. It's called Overflow Me. Mary wrote this. Mary wrote this song years ago, and it's been really one of the favorites in our church. We haven't sung it for a long time. So we're bringing it back here at the end of the service because it fits so well as a response, as a, a things to say in worship to God that you want him to do in your heart. Because if we're going to be singing about Holy Spirit, overflow me in my life. Let your water overflow me and do a work in me. So why don't you stand up? We yeah. have the words on the screen. Is your heart thirsty for the reign of the Spirit? Yes. All right. Say yes. yes. Raise yes. your hand. Say yes. Hallelujah. You know, the, say, I want more of you, Jesus. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. The purpose of this song is to get soaked. The purpose of the song is to get filled. The fresh outpouring to, to begin in your own life and to begin in, in the life of this church. And so let's just sing this song. We're going to sing it through a few times and see where the Holy Spirit takes us. All right. Let the water rise inside of me. Let the
Yes. As I said before, sometimes we can just stand there and we can even sing and mean it, but I'm asking you if you if you want this in your life, take a step of faith. Just come up. Just come up. I'm just going to ask you to pray, come pray up here for a second. We just want to pray over you. Why you would do this would just be an act of faith to say, I am ready for some changes in my life. I want an overflow in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to water my life. If we're talking to you, come on forward Anybody right here. Do that? All right up here. Everybody. You're making a stand of faith is when you come up here. Yeah. And you're declaring, yeah. I'm tired of the old. Yeah. I want the new. I, I need a refreshment. Love. Yes. We're not going to lay hands on anybody. We're just going to pray over you. Yes. Now, Lord, I thank you for these people having the courage to just step out of their seat and say, I want more of you. God, I, I just ask you to all, all you just raise your hand. You're raising them before God. Yes. Holy Spirit, I pray the reign of the Spirit, God, touch every single one of them, Lord God. Yes. I just pray they would feel your reign in the days ahead, Father God. The reign of your Spirit, let it overflow out of them, Father God. Give them Saturate more. Them, Answer Lord. the prayer of their Saturate heart. Them. Saturate them with your Spirit. Move upon them, Lord God. Answer the cry of their heart. Jesus May they name. cry out and wail for the Spirit. Yes. Stronger. More. We need more water. Open up your heart. We need more water. We need more rain. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Move upon us, Lord God. Move upon us, Lord God. discerning the spirits. Yes, I pray that you would grant to them ears to hear the slightest whisper 
from you yes. so that they can navigate and walk in the liberty that you have brought to all your people. Yes. I ask that a double portion fall upon each individual yes, here. Lord. Thank you, Father. Worship you, Lord. You are the source of life, Jesus. You are the supernatural God. And with our spirit, we step into that anointing that you have for us to live out all our days. To bring you glory, to be witnesses for you. Let your light shine through us, Lord God, that this world might see. In Jesus' holy name. Amen Amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.